0: You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Ni hao. tarji. And welcome back, my lovely language learners to adventures in language. I'm your guide, Emily. And in this episode, I'm sharing with you five easy tips that'll help you make the most of the corrective feedback that you receive along your language learning journey. First, we need a quick definition check. What is corrective feedback? Well, it's a pedagogical term that means exactly what it sounds like, feedback given to correct. For language learners, this refers to feedback that corrects things like our grammar errors, our vocab mistakes, or our awkward ways of phrasing things. Now, why does this topic matter? Well, in order to make progress in your target language, you need to get good corrective feedback, and you need to know how to use it in order to get the fluency level you're after. Problem is, we don't always get the corrective feedback that we need. And even when we do get it, we don't always make the best use of it. If any of that sounds familiar, then stay tuned because this episode is for you. And for those of you who might not know me yet, I'm Emily. I have my PhD in linguistics and work as a linguist at Mango Languages. I've taught English and Spanish in various countries around the world, and I myself have studied seven different languages over the years, so the language learning process is very near and dear to my heart, and I'm here to help you get the most out of yours. Now, sin durar más el lirio, let's dive into the five tips that will help you get the most out of the language feedback you receive. Tip number one. Be adventurous with the language. In short, you need to put yourself in situations where you'll make errors. If you wanna get better in the language, you need to receive corrective feedback. In order to receive that corrective feedback, you need to make mistakes. And as you know, to make mistakes, you need to produce, produce, produce. For example, when I was living in South Korea, I was a chatterbox, always speaking just a little beyond my linguistic capabilities. And believe me, I made a ton of mistakes. One of the more memorable ones was when I was speaking with the principal of the school where I taught. And I tried to start a sentence by saying the phrase, this year, but I messed up. And what I actually ended up saying was this bit while pointing at my principal. Needless to say, my principal laughed, she kindly corrected me, and guess what? I have never confused those two vocabulary words since. Bottom line is this guys, when it comes to your target language, don't play it safe because the error part of trial and error is a powerful and a crucial part of learning. So try longer sentences, use more complex vocab, and make a million mistakes. Then let the corrective feedback roll in. Which brings me to tip number two. Tell people that you want to be corrected. Some people are anti-correction by nature, which means they'll need an invitation from you in order to feel comfortable correcting you. You'll also want to be clear with them about how you like their feedback. The main thing to think about here is, are you comfortable with them interrupting you mid-sentence to correct your mistakes? Also acknowledge that some people might still, at the end of the day, not be comfortable correcting you. And that's okay. You can't expect all of your friends and the locals around you to, one, have the expertise, but also, two, take on the responsibility of regularly acting as your language teacher. To that end, one really nice way to get good, low-stakes feedback from folks is by asking this one simple question. Do you understand what I'm saying? For example, if I'm trying out a new grammatical structure, I might say to someone, I'm not sure I said that right. Can you tell me what you understood from me? And then the magic happens when you listen very carefully to what they say, because you'll catch idioms, you'll catch expressions that you didn't know, you'll learn new vocabulary, you'll hear authentic grammar, and the best part, you'll get a goldmine of implicit corrective feedback from them. Now this tip, of course, implies that you've surrounded yourself with people who speak the language. If you're enrolled in a language class, then this could be your teacher and your classmates But you might want to seek out connections with people who speak the target language outside of the classroom. And if you're having trouble finding speakers in your area to talk with, or if face-to-face interactions simply feel like more social pressure than you're in the mood for, then don't worry because there are a plethora of digital communities out there where you could build community and get that corrective feedback in the target language. I personally like using Facebook groups for this, and uh, another fun avenue that you might not think of is online collaborative virtual gaming sites. Tip number three, listen closely for subtle error corrections. Now guys, this one really boils down to simply being an active listener, but in particular it means listening for something called recasting, which is a corrective feedback method by which the corrector repeats your utterance but subtly corrects the error that it originally contained. This method can be so subtle that it often flies under the radar if you're not paying close enough attention. For example, imagine a student of mine says the following sentence. I didn't went to the party. I might use recasting to subtly correct his error. For example, I could say, oh, you didn't go to the party? Why? See how subtle that was? Now depending on the situation, the student might know why I corrected the error and they might not need further clarification, but they might need to ask a follow-up question like, hey teacher, why did you switch up the word went for go in that sentence? Was my verb incorrect? In either case, it would behoove the student to pause and register that corrective feedback in their mind. This might mean taking a mental note of it or an actual note. Which brings me to tip number four. Store it, review it, repeat it. This one is all about keeping a language learning journal. And this could be a physical or a digital one, whatever works for you. We all know that taking notes is a great thing to do in class, but it's also a really great habit to get into when you're out in the wild. And it doesn't need to be an old school notebook either. You can take notes on that mini computer that you keep in your pocket or your purse. Yes, your smartphone. Just in the way that I use the Notes app on my phone to keep track of my to-do's list, I keep a list to track the corrective feedback that I receive when speaking in Korean with native speakers. For example, I'll think to myself, okay, did they recast an error that I just made? I'll note it down. Did they tell me that I used the wrong word? I'll note it down. Sometimes I'll note it down right there in the moment, but usually I do it after the interaction has ended. Either way, the next morning, while I'm waiting for my coffee to brew, I review my notes. And that's how you can cement corrective feedback into your memory. Now, why exactly am I recommending that you keep a language learning journal? Why is it such a good idea? Well, keeping a journal allows you to offload some of the corrective feedback that you receive. And when I say offload, I mean offload it from your brain. When you're learning a language, you receive a ton of corrective feedback about grammar, vocabulary, slang, cultural norms, and bits of that corrective feedback can often fall through the cracks, never quite making their way into your long-term memory. There's a really unhelpful and pervasive myth out there that we humans only use 10% of our brain's computing power. But that's false. It's a three-pound organ. We actually use all of it most of the time, and it does get overloaded. So you can help reduce your brain's cognitive overload and prevent corrective feedback from falling through the cracks by offloading temporarily into a journal and then reviewing it later. Okay, so pause the episode and go set it up right now. Okay, hopefully you set it up for yourself. And now we're heading into our final tip. Tip number five, synthesize, then prioritize. You can't master everything at once. So you're going to need to prioritize. Now, this tip is most applicable to learners who are in the situation of having a teacher who gives them too much feedback at once. For example... You may get an essay or an exam back from your language teacher and find that they covered it in red ink, scattered corrections every which way. How do you make sense of it all? Where do you start? Well, you start by synthesizing it. So for example, can you organize the comments into just a few main categories? Perhaps there's 50 plus error corrections, but if you consider them holistically, maybe they all break down into just three main error types. Maybe it's past tense verb conjugations, prepositional word choice, and word order mistakes. Perfect, now you have a feasible starting point. And you can even do this in real time. When a teacher tells you that you've made an error in class while you're speaking, try to categorize it in your mind. What kind of error is it? Is it a vocabulary error? Is it a verb conjugation error? That'll help you make sense of it and remember to review that section of your textbook later. In short, this tip is really just about good old-fashioned intellectual hygiene. And pro tip, if you're really struggling to find overarching themes in your teacher's corrective feedback, then go ahead and ask them directly how to help you prioritize what you should focus on. That's what they're there for. Lean on their expertise to guide you on your language learning journey. Well friends, that's it. To wrap up, let's review those five tips one more time. Tip number one, be adventurous with the language. Tip number two, tell people that you want to be corrected. Tip number three, listen closely for subtle error corrections. Tip number four, store it, review it, repeat it. Get that language learning journal. And tip number five, synthesize, then prioritize. Now that you've finished the episode, I hope you feel inspired to try out these tips, but know this, you shouldn't feel like you need to implement all five. In fact, I'd actually recommend that you pick your favorite one or two, the ones that resonated with you the most, and run with those. Well, thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast. And remember, if you have a question or an idea for an episode you'd like to hear from us, let us know, we're always listening. Well, my language learning enthusiasts, that's all for this episode of Adventures in Language. And I look forward to hanging out with you here next time. Bye.